Hello and welcome back to In God We Trust podcast. Today we carry on that conversation with Jared Lasky, and today it's just covering questions relating to God. So we're going to just jump right into it. I hope you guys enjoy. Wouldn't someone who like worships Satan, wouldn't they like kind of have to believe in God? If they're worshiping Satan, like how do they not believe that there's a God, you know? Or do they just do it like out of like anger towards God? Is that kind of what it is? Or Well, I think it depends on the person, their life circumstances, what they've been through, what they've experienced, uh, maybe how they've been raised, a number of factors. And uh, I mean, I'm not a psychologist or anything. So, um, But like this gentleman said, a lot of them are broken, that they've been hurt. Um, but because of their, their, I haven't read their literature, okay? I, I don't plan on it. But Again, most of them see Satan as a metaphor. They believe that they are their own higher power. And they do these black masses and crazy ceremonies and rituals and things like that um, uh, as a slap in the face of life circumstances, maybe even slapping God in the face. I don't know if they actually accept that God is real. You know, some do, and they're just in blatant rebellion. And rebellion, the Bible says, is as witchcraft. So any type of rebellion, if we're rebelling against what God has mandated, we're in witchcraft, right? That's the basic interpretation of that scripture. If we're rebelling against God, we're, it's, it's as the sin of witchcraft. And there are some people that worship Satan directly. Uh, there are, you know, and maybe they're just doing it in, to spite God, whatever had taken place in their life. Uh, but there is grace. There is love for them. They can give their lives to Jesus. They can encounter him, enter into relationship with him like everybody else. You know, Jesus died on the cross for them as well. And uh, we need to be loving everybody. You know, that's what the world needs right now is God's love through us. You know, posit- be positive, be encouraging, be walking in step, in step with the Holy Spirit and uh, be discerning, be loving and you know, be smart about situations. Which brings up a, a story from some years ago. I was leading this punk rock. I was part part of a leadership team. I think there were like four or five of us at the time who kind of started a punk rock youth group. These kids were on the margins of Christianity, who loved punk music, who liked metal music, listened to a lot of Christian and non-Christian metal music and punk music and stuff like that. So the, these were uh, fringe kids who... Uh, some were questioning, some were doubting, some were experimenting, some loved Jesus, you know, and so we're loving on these kids. But they brought this guy in who, you know, these are teenagers, and I was a young adult, probably 20, 21 at the time. And they got this 33 year old guy to start coming to this group. And he says he was a former satanic priest and he's tried every religion. A lot of them will try everything out. You name it, Hinduism, Hare Krishna, whatever, all kinds of different things, because they're they're searching, they're searching for truth. But this guy was bringing a lot of doubt to the conversation. We sat around on a bunch of couches, and he starts asking questions, and these kids are like, "Yeah, what about that? Yeah, what about that? Hey, yeah, yeah." And so the, it, he changed the atmosphere through his questions. You know, he was kind of a commanding presence, and I was like, Jesus. Will you show me how much you love this guy and will you give me a word? And then immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me and showed 
this gentleman to me as a kid hiding in a closet as there's chaos and abuse going on inside the house. And so I was like, hey, and I, I forget his name, but this is a true story. There are witnesses there. So if anybody questions, maybe I'll reach out to my friends who were there and say, and again, this was like almost 20 some years ago. But I said, hey, Jesus loves you. But then I, I presented the word as I saw it, hiding in a closet, abuse and all this other stuff. And he's like, whoa, yeah, I, I, I hid in the closet all the time as my dad was an alcoholic, beating my mom, all that stuff. And I said, well, Jesus loves you and he wants you to encounter him. Can we pray for you? Can we lay hands on you? He's like, well, sure. You know, and he's, he's got, he's all sleeved out, tattoos everywhere, dude. This dude has been involved in all kinds of stuff. The group of us laid hands on him. He felt the power of the Holy Spirit surge through him. And he almost began to laugh as the joy of the Lord started filling him up. You know, we call that drunk in the spirit. We call that the joy of the Lord. You know, we see evidence of this in the New Testament. You know, the day of Pentecost, they were they looked as if they're drunk, but they had the joy of the Lord in them. So he was experiencing this. And uh, this shook him, this encounter. Now, we didn't lead him to Jesus. He had the opportunity, but he's like, I'm not ready right now. I need to process this. So he stepped outside, smoked a cigarette, and was like just blown away. And all these kids were coming back to me for the next week or two saying that really – you know, changed him. He's a different guy now. I don't know where he is today. Um, lost contact. I think he'd eventually moved on to other people, but you know, people need God's love and they need to encounter God no matter who they are, what they've been doing in life. That's cool. Have you talked to the guy since? No, as, as I'd mentioned, no. I lost touch and he, he'd moved on. And then I, I graduated Bible college and moved on. So wherever he is today, I hope he has a relationship with Jesus if he's listening to this by chance, you know, hey, brother, you know, God loves you, man. I hope you're pursuing him and pursuing him passionately. Yeah. So if someone says they don't understand the Bible, uh, like when they read it, what would you say to them? I'm just thinking of a certain story. I think it's in like Matthew. God is saying how some people like will not understand the Bible. Is that a thing? Or is it like if you don't believe in God, then you will not understand? Is there something like that? Uh, I think there's you're paraphrasing some things, but like, you know, the Bible tells us that we need to pray for the veil to be lifted from people's eyes, right? So there could be a spiritual blindness, and so our prayers can affect that, and the veil could be lifted from their eyes so that they see the truth. We need to continue to pray and encourage people and reach them with the gospel. Um, there are some tricky things about, about God hardening people's hearts, but at the same time, it's because they've hardened themselves, you know, uh, they've chosen their own way. I think that God's love can penetrate and pierce through any hard heart out there. You know, his love, his grace, his power, his mercy is available for everyone. Uh, as long as they respond to him, give their lives to him. Uh, so when we look at scripture, we need to compare scripture with scripture. The best interpreter of scripture is the scripture itself. So when we see some hard passages like that, we need to compare it with other things as well, you know, uh, th so that we kind of get the full picture. So if someone says, I don't understand the Bible, maybe we're there to encourage them and, and, and coach them in learning how to study it. And, you know, I don't, I have a, a, pr a Bible study journal called the Spirit Empowered Journal that people can get on Amazon uh, using the aid of the Holy Spirit, 
basic principles to ask when you're studying the Bible to get the background and the context of Scripture. People uh, need to learn how to study it. There's a huge lack of people in our day and age who don't know how to study it. You know, it's okay to read the Bible, but you also need to study it and get the tools necessary, get educated in how to study it. So when someone asks those questions, like, well, what tools can I give you? How can I, you know, uh, how are they approaching the scripture? You know, we, we try to read it just like a book, but it's more than a book. It's the, it's the word of life. It's the word of truth. And people need to be discipled. So I guess that's the second time I'm talking about discipleship. People need to be discipled in how to study it. And so when you're growing in Christ, you know, sign up for a Bible study class. Uh, I've got a free resource on my website. If it pops up, you know, it's the, it's the Spirit Empowered Ultimate Guide to Studying the Scripture with the Holy Spirit. That will help people. It gives you some of the right questions to ask when you're looking at the Scripture, like who's it written to? When was it written? You know, what is my testimony to, you know, maybe some something similar in my life. I could uh, relate to this this thing. What is the Holy Spirit telling me? You know, basically trying to use some hermeneutical Bible study methods to show people that that they can learn more about it. So really, maybe when someone tells you that in in, in your path, show them something, show them how you approach it, show them, you know, just, how, you know, help them sign up for a class or something along those lines in order to learn it. And again, that comes with just discipleship. We need to feed ourselves. Uh, we can't just let the pastor every Sunday be the one that feeds us. You know, that's great. Be plugged into a church. The book of Hebrews says, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. You know, don't, don't run away from it. Don't leave it. You know, be a part of it in whatever type of expression that is, whether it's a home church or Sundays or Sunday nights or whatever, but get discipled, plug into the other programs that they might have, or get involved in a youth with a mission discipleship training school, a Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, get plugged in a, into a, the leadership schools, uh, Bible leadership. I forget, they used to be called master's commissions. I forget what they're called now, but plug into a program even for six months to nine months. Or if you can't do that, depending on, you got work, you got school, you got some other things. There's some great online courses out there that can help. You know, so, um, yeah, maybe we'll, we could just encourage people to, you know, find those resources as well. That's great. Let's do a, a life question. In life, what is a life question that some people in your generation might be needing some direction? In life. Um, where should we, like, draw the line between, uh, like, family or putting – your work um because we kind of like prior prioritize like our work like where should we like stop and like take the time to hang out with family and friends because i don't know i feel like a lot of people just they want to accomplish something and it takes a lot of time if you want to accomplish something but like how do we know that like that that stuff doesn't really matter you know yeah well the movie Click, <laughs> that shows you pursuing career and forsaking your family isn't worth it. What that movie misses is God in the equation. You know, no matter what we pursue, if we're pursuing our career and we're forsaking relationships and friendships with friends and family, you know, friends and family are key. You know, number one, it's our relationship with God. Number two, it's, it's family. Our friends are third. 
right? And then there's our career, our, our finances, if that's what you want to call it. You know, um, you know, we have to have our priorities straight. God is number one. Our spouse, our kids, our family—that's number two. You know, everything else falls into place. We should never put our career above God. We never should never put our career above our family, uh, because you don't want to be like that song. You know, cats in the cradle. Okay. That song is a classic song. One Father's Day, I was in New York City at a Bound and Grace church the summer of 1999 with a YWAM mission trip in New York City. And the pastor, Rick Del Rio, played that song, Cats in the Cradle. That song is about a man who didn't have time for his kid, for his son, because of his career, because of his job. And then when the man retires or is older and has a little more time, he approaches his son to take him fishing or whatever, spend time with him. And the son says, sorry, dad, I'm too busy. I'm just like you. I'm just, now that stinks. We don't want to be those types of dads, those types of kids. You know, we need to take time for family, God, God above all. And then our family is second and everything else falls into place, you know? So, uh, pursuing those things, you won't be happy. You know, you could pursue the large house on the hill, 3,000 square foot, million dollars, cars, and all that things, but it won't satisfy. And we've seen so many people over, you know, throughout life and in the headlines, you know, their lives are destroyed as they pursued the wrong thing. So my encouragement to people is pursue Jesus, spend time with your family, take care of your kids, love them, love them well. You know, again, you got to work, you got to pay the bills, you do what you got to do, you sacrifice for your family, you know, but you also need to spend time because at the end of the day, they'll remember the time that you spent with them, whether, or they'll remember that you were never there and we don't want to be that guy. So I hope that encourages everybody. Levi, why don't you um, lead us in a prayer as we close this out? You know, um, if lead people, if they're listening to this, maybe they need to give their life to Jesus or recommit to Christ. If you could lead them uh, to encounter him. All right. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for this conversation that me and Jared had today. I pray that anyone that is listening, if they have not experienced uh, you in their life, that you invite them to experience you and to have that feeling that Jared and I have had. And then that will make it so they will want to share it just like we share it. And uh, if anyone is listening, um, God is right there for you. You just need to call out for him, and I pray that you guys do, do that, that you do that. So hope that, yeah, you guys do it. Amen. 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 Okay, thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Have a great day, and have a great weekend. God bless. <laughs>